of 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. Put nine Chai FM soul to soul on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pasha Shemayis Tov Shin and a warm welcome to our entire radio family. Thank you so much for joining us for taking some time on a busy Friday to turn on your radio, turn on your device, somehow tune in. I'm not sure, maybe through lunar uh, uh, sources. I don't know. Whatever, however you are listening, it's great to have you on on board, and I really, really appreciate you being part of us. I want to tell you something shocking. What would you say is probably the greatest crime a Jew could do? I would probably say to be an apicatus, to not believe in Hashem, to, to, to believe that, that, uh, God doesn't, God doesn't exist. Well, I want to tell you right now on live on radio that there is a time where a person should be an apicurus. And I have a proof for it from last week's Parsha. You know, we learned, we just finished learning about Yosef and Yosef was well known that whatever he did, he always said, this is Hashem doing it. He stood there in front of the greatest apicursum in the world, the, the magicians in, in, in uh, Egypt. And he said to him, it's not me who's going to interpret Paro's dreams. It's Hashem. Everything is Hashem. It's Hashem and Yore. Everything is Hashem. There are two times where Yosef did not say Hashem's name. One is at the very end of last piece, of last week's Pasha, where he tells the brothers, don't be afraid. I'm going to support you and your family. You're going to support surely. Everything will be fine. No, it doesn't say that. And the second is at the beginning of last week's Pasha, when Yaakov calls him in and says, look, I'm going to die. I need someone to take me to Eretz Yisrael. And he says, will you swear to me that you'll do it? And Yosef says, I will do exactly as you tell me to do. Doesn't say any of that. He just says, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. He says, why? Because there are certain situations where it is not only Permissible, not only advisable, what is required to be an apicurus. And when is that? That's that moment where someone comes and knocks on your door and says, please help me. I don't have any money. I don't have the ability to feed my kids. And my, my, my wife is, is starving and I can't pay the rent and I'm about to be thrown out on the street and I'm, I'm, I have no job and I'm broken and I, I don't know what to do. And of course, you want to be so frugal, you want to answer. Don't worry. There's no, there's no, uh, uh, uh fiscal Cutbacks in that college Baruch's world. He'll look after you. Don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. Have a Muna. Have trust. Rely on Hashem. Everything's going to be, going to be great. If you do that, 
you're a murderer. Someone comes to you in that situation, you take out your checkbook, you open your wallet, you do whatever you have to do to help that person. There's no place at that time to give shmuzin to be to someone to try to someone strengthen someone in in their faith of Havashem. There's something to be done. Get down and do it. Yaakov Avinu says, look, there's someone who needs, I need to be buried in Mitzrayim. I don't want to be buried even for one moment in this, in this terrible, terrible land. I have to be taken. I have to be taken out. And I'm turning to you, Yosef, to do it because you're the one with the ability, with the wherewithal, with the know-how to make it happen. Will you do it? Yeah. And Yosef says, absolutely. I will do it. There's something to be done. We get on with it and 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 do it. Yes, it's very very important to trust in a, in a, in Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And 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 yes, that is. And we have to we have to work on that all the time. But that's for ourselves. For ourselves, we have to be very very strong in our trust in Hashem and and learn the right books and and really understand what it's about. When it comes to somebody else, there's no room for relying on emuna, There's no room for lying on trust in Hashem. You have the ability to help a person get out there and do it without hesitation, without delay, without banning an eyelash. This is 101.9 Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul. And we'll come back in a moment. There is so much more for us to talk about. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 1.9 High FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos, Kedish Pashas, Shemay, Stuff, Shin, Pei, Beis. As we get really deep into the holidays, many of you are away, many of you are at your holidays destinations, enjoying yourself, but that doesn't mean that we can't spend a bit of time together, learning, inspiring ourselves, getting ready for this beautiful Shabbos, Kedish, Habo'aleinu, Letoiva. And let's tackle a very basic subject, as we begin the book of Shemais. Names. That's a very interesting title for a Sefer. And we need perhaps to try to give a reason. Why is it that this Chumash, which basically talks about the saga of the Jewish nation in in the exile of Egypt, and then the redemption from that exile. Why is it called the Book of Shmois? So, perhaps we can explain it. You know, there was a very, very great, the, the, the founder of, of Hasidus, who's called the Baal Shem Taiv. Also, his title is Shame, also name. So again, also interesting, why would you want to have that as the kind of the, the title by which, by which you're known? So the, 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 the Svarim say that, you know, when a person has fallen asleep and he's in a very, very deep sleep. So there are really two ways you could actually wake him up from that deep sleep. Number one, you can give him a, a, a slap across the, the face and jar him out of his out of his sleep, or you can call his name. 
And if you call loud enough and, and long enough, he will, he will wake up. And the Hasidim say that until the Baal Shem Tov came into the world, so the Neshamas of Kal Yisrael were in a situation of, of being asleep. And came the Baal Shem Tov, and with his Torah, he was able to address, he was able to call the names of every single Jew and, and arouse them and allow them to begin to feel their neshamas. Right? Without, without needing to smack anyone or wake them up abruptly. But by calling their name, he was able, he was able to, to arouse them. And if that's true, then certainly it's true of our situation. When Kleiso, when the whole Jewish nation is in, is in Golos. So when we learn and, and we read and we, and we introspect a little bit into these parshas of the book of Shemois, where HaKadosh Baruch it's not just telling over a story. The Rabbi is calling every single Jew by name. Yosala, wake up. Wake up. He's calling every single one in order to arouse us from the, the doldrums of the, of the gullus in which we find ourselves and to strengthen ourselves in, in the service of, of, of HaKadosh Baruch We know we're told in, in the Pasha that when Moshe Rabbeinu was, was born, so the Egyptians were, were looking for him. So his mother, hit him in a casket and put it in the reeds next to the sea and came Basia or Bisya, the daughter of Paro, and she found him and didn't quite know what to do. So Miriam, of course, we know, was waiting there, hiding to find out, to see what was going to happen to her baby brother. And now she comes out and she says, Moshe's sister said to this bishop, to the daughter of Paro, Ha'elech, shall I go? The Korosi loch ishomenekes. Can I call you a, a wet nurse? Mino Ivrios? From the, the Jewish women? The Senik loch esayolet? And, 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 uh, she'll be able to, to nurse the child for you. Because we know that and, and the Gemara tells us, the Gemara in, in Saita tells us, so why, why specifically, uh, was it a winning argument for Miriam to come and tell, uh, Basia, let me go find a Jewish witness? So the Gemara says, Malamed teaches us, that in, in, in an attempt to try to get Moshe Abedu to, to feed, to eat something. So they passed them around to all the Egyptian women who were there. The Loyanak. And he refused to suckle from any of them. Amar said, Pesha Osid Lidaber Mashkina. A, a, the mouth that's going to speak with the Shkina. Yenik Dovatome should suckle from a, a, a woman who is uh, uh, an, an Egyptian. And that's why it says, 
What's the It's me, Yoyeradeya. Who are we going to uh, be able to teach knowledge to? Right? Only those who, 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 uh, who absorb and, and, and imbibe the right, the proper, the, the pure things, they're the ones who are going to be imbued and filled with, with, with knowledge. In fact, Rashi says over there, what does it mean he didn't want to eat from these, from these women? It says, uh, a, a, a person who themselves is allowed and therefore, uh, uh, imbibes all types of, of non-kosher type of, of foods. And of course, the child in the milk tastes in the milk whatever it is that the mother ate. It's Kamara in, in, uh, in, in, in Yuma. That, so, so, who are we going to? Uh, who is Akash Baruch going to be able to teach Torah to? Only someone who was able to, to be sort of selective and only drank from milk from a pure woman, only from someone who was careful what she ate and how she ate. Only that could be the source of, of, of a sustenance, of, of nutrition for Maisha Benu, who was going to, <clears throat> who was going to eventually address, address Akadish Baruch. And the, Obvious question is, what, in fact, proof is there that uh, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu withholding himself from nursing from an Egyptian woman, who says that was because he was the mouth that in the future was going to speak with the skin, and that was the reason why he didn't he didn't uh, eat, you know. At such an age, Moshe Moshe was, was, was three months old. He was born in Adar. This was Shavuos time. This was, this was three months later. Right? Is, is it, is it, uh, the truth? Truly, the, the issue could very well be that a child who's three months old knows his mother and recognizes his mother and wouldn't be prepared to suckle from any other, other woman. And in fact, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a explicit Gemara in, in Mesechus, uh, uh, that, uh, the Rava, Rava says that, uh, that it's at least three months and Shmuel, and, and Shmuel says it's 30 days and Yitzchak says it's 50 days. But clearly, uh, uh the reason why Moshe Benu did not eat from these Egyptian women might have been because they weren't his mother. And he was used to uh, 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 eating from his mother. What's the proof that the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu deferred from eating from this woman was because he was going to be the mouth that spoke to the to the uh, to the Shechina. In fact, the Gemara actually discusses this whole topic: is to what age is it that a child, in fact, recognizes his mother and exclusively will will only drink from her and not from anybody else. And the actually the conclusion of the Gemara is that in fact there's no fixed time and every single child according to his own nature and his own temperament. There's some children who might be very, very uh, intelligent to recognize their mother very quickly and others that take a little bit 
longer, but the maximum time it would take would be three months. And and therefore we know that Moshe Rabbeinu was only was already three months old when his mother when his mother hit him. And there everyone agrees that the child recognizes his mother. So why was it that we're so sure that his reason for deferring was his please God, his potential greatness? And that's the question we're going to go back and discuss after the break. This is 101.9 High FM. The program is Soul to Soul. Please come back for the answers. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos, Kedish, Shmois, Tavshin, Pei Beis, as we are getting ready for another amazing Shabbos, and we left off in the middle of a very, very important discussion. The Gemara concludes that the fact that Vaishabenu did not, was not prepared to suckle from the Egyptian women is clear proof that since he was the mouth that was going to speak to the, to the Shekhinah, so that was a proof that he wouldn't therefore want to imbibe milk from a woman who ate non-kosher food. <clears throat> but the obvious question is, who says? Moshe Ben was three months old, and at three months old, every child recognizes their mother, and maybe the reason for Moshe's refusal was simply the fact that he wouldn't eat from any other woman but his mother. Rav Yenison Ibishitz brings a teretz in the name of his Rebbe, and actually was a, a relative also, which was... Uh, uh, Rabbi Eliezer Etinga, and he says as follows, that all those three months that Moshe Rabbeinu was hidden away, so it wasn't only his mother who looked after him and fed him, in order, in order that, on the contrary, in order that Moshe Rabbeinu shouldn't get used to uh, just eating from his mother, because they knew what might happen, but on this on, on the contrary, she used to bring him around to have uh, to feed from various women, and therefore if he didn't get used to specifically uh, 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 suckling from one woman and nevertheless when it came to Egyptian women he refused to suckle from them, although he had been exposed to various women so that would be the reason why, because his mouth had to remain, had to remain uh, 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 holy. However, the, it's brought in the name of uh, Rav Mordi Kachari from Tzvas, in, in, in the Sefer Sifsei Kachayin. He brings that, we know there's a story where Moshe Ben was in the palace of, of Paro, and the the uh, they wanted to check whether in fact he was uh, a power hungry because he kept reaching for for Paro's uh, a crown and Paro was worried that he might be planning to usurp the kingdom so they did this test and they put the the a, a pot of gold and and hot glowing coals in front of him to see which one he would he would touch 
and the, it says that Moshe Ben was going to touch the gold, as any child would be would be drawn to the glitter. But the Malach moved his hand and he touched the coals, and that, and then he burnt his mouth. He put he put his hand to his mouth in order to uh, kind of cool it down, and that's where he got his his speech in impediment. Now the question is, of course, he burnt his mouth. What about his hand? Why didn't he burn his hand? So he says he had heard that when Basparoi saw him and she brought a, a, a these wet nurses from the Mitzvah and they would try to put their, their breasts into his mouth. So, uh, uh, you know, automatically almost uh, some milk came out and, and went into his, his mouth. And therefore, he needed the coal to sort of touch his mouth and purify his mouth from the non-pure milk that had actually touched touched his his mouth. For the same, for that reason, in fact, the Ramah actually paskins in Yeridea Simon Pei Aleph that a, a, a milk that comes from a uh, a, a not a non-Jewish. A, a woman is the same as milk that comes from a Jewish woman, but nevertheless, still, a a Jewish child should not, if possible, uh, 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 feed from a a a, a non-Jewish woman if it's possible that he could feed from a Jewish woman, right? Because the the uh, milk. Of, of, of a kutis could chasushom create a timtum halev, could create some kind of a impurity in, 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 in the child. And similarly, that, uh, a, a, a Jewish woman who is nursing should be careful not to eat anything that is, uh, forbidden, forbidden, uh, food, because that could damage the, the spirituality of, of the, of, of, of the child. Right? Now, um, it, it, it seems obvious. Well, of course, uh, a Jewish woman should not be eating, uh, forbidden, forbidden food. Isn't, isn't that obvious? So, if you look at the Shukhnoyah, so the Taz, uh, brings down that the, the restriction that a woman who's nursing not to eat things that are forbidden, th- that applies even if she's allowed to eat them. In fact, the, the, Taz, the Taz says, he explains as follows, that this is referring to even if there are certain situations where a woman would be allowed halachically to eat something forbidden, let's say it's, she's in danger of, of life and the only thing available is a, a non, non-kosher food, still, then if she has to, she should not then nurse her child because that could somehow uh, damage damage the child. And and the Shach also then, Sivkotten Chafei writes that uh, uh, even if we're talking about a Jewish uh, uh, wet nurse or mother, that even though it's anyway forbidden for her to eat forbidden foods, nevertheless, in, in, besides herself, but even in terms of the child, she shouldn't eat. And, and the difference would be, let's say, God forbid, she is sick and she needs to 
eat something that is not uh, a kosher. So uh, the father should not allow her at that time to to nurse the the child. She should rather hire a, a another another Jewish wet wet nurse, even though a child who eats forbidden things. Uh, as far as the Rabbanon are concerned, his father is not commanded to to stop him from from doing so, as the halacha says, in fact, in Arachayim. But that's only as far as the strict law is concerned. But nevertheless, if he does, it is going to cause some spiritual damage to the to the uh, to the child. So, I mean, to understand this concept that what a child imbibes from his mother uh, 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 could could affect the, the child. So, in fact, uh, the Dark Eichuva brings down over there, brings the Prichodosh, and he says, because nowadays we're not so careful from these type of, of things, and that's why, he says, unfortunately we have children who, who don't turn out as well as we want them. Some of them uh, uh, don't speak with as much respect or as much honor as uh, as they do, and some don't have as much yiras shemayim as as uh, as as they should. And even if we try to rebuke them and 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 correct them, they're not always able to accept our our uh, our, our musa, and 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 that's because they may have in their youth. Absorb things that somehow uh, 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 tainted their ability and their sensitivity to to matters of of real of real spirituality. A, 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 another sort of uh, implication of what we're saying here is that the Chelkes Yankov says is as regards a as regards a blood transfusion that if a person has a choice to be able to get uh, blood from someone who was makbid to only eat uh, kosher. So he says that in that situation, one should try to to uh, strive for blood from a person that uh, that was was careful about what he ate. Obviously, in a dangerous a situation that if a person needs the blood now, he's already in the situation of a of a sakana, or at least in the situation of a, of a doubtful danger to life, where we where we push aside Shabbos and and anything else in in the Torah. So therefore, obviously, uh, even though you could possibly say, "No, I want to wait to get blood from a a a, a good person." You don't need to, you don't need to, uh, to wait for, for that because there's a mitzvah of a him that a person has to live and do everything he can to, to, uh, protect himself, keep himself alive. And in that situation, the fulfillment of that mitzvah will make sure that nothing bad, nothing negative happens to his spirituality because he has in this situation, uh, a blood from a person who may have Eaten all sorts of things, even even the uh, the Belzerov that the the Yetzahara during a time that a person is is uh, ill where he doesn't have such a desire to do 
to do Averus and, and it's quite difficult in fact to get him to do in, in, in Avera. So at the, the Yetzirah will try to, to influence a person to violate this mitzvah of a chaybah of trying to keep yourself alive and, uh, and, and healthy. And of course that is completely, completely also we have to do everything we can to, to ensure that, that, uh, that we can, we can live. And, uh, you know, if, even if he has a situation with these two different types of blood that could, that could, uh, heal him according to the medical opinion. And you can, you could choose to get, uh, 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 you know, in, in the same time frame and with the same alacrity, either blood from a kosher person or, or not. So then you should be mocked to get the blood from the, from the kosher, from the kosher, uh, 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 uh person. But even then, not so sure because then you might confuse confuse people. Avadi uh, Yosef, uh, uh, he was once asked about blood donations and an organ organ donation, and he says that as far as the halacha is concerned, that uh, you don't have to mark it to get specifically from a a a a person that's that only eats kosher only does a uh, 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 mitzvah in a situation where there's any kind of danger to to life if there's no urgency at all and you could wait to get the transfusion from a a good jew then it will be immediate chassid it will be a very virtuous thing to to uh to to wait so when it's not a danger and there's no imminent situation um, and and it's very very easy to to access blood from from a, a Jewish source. So of course that would be that would be a, a, a better provided there's no compromise at all to the to the uh, 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 you know his medical condition. And and certainly that as far as Allah is concerned, there's no problem at all in in situation of a transplant to get a a limb. From a a non-Jew again, in, it would be very virtuous in a situation where there's not going to be any delay or any possibility of causing him danger. Then one should try to get from a uh, from a a, a a Jew. Not everyone agrees with that. Uh, there is a uh, the the uh, is the shita of the Yaskil Avdi who says it's actually forbidden to get a transplant. From a, a non-Jew, and Avavadya brings him, but he then tears him apart and, and, and disagrees with him, disagrees with him, uh, uh, completely. Uh, and at the end, uh, uh, Avavadya summarizes his opinion and, and says, therefore, if there's no danger, and it's not urgent to, to perform the, the transfusion, and there's no even worry of a possible uh, a sakana by waiting to get uh, a blood from a a good a good Jew. So it's you see, the word he uses is nachon hadava. It's a correct thing to wait for that, and and it's a it's definitely a a, a high level of of of, of chasidut. But uh, and and we know that nothing bad happens to to. Uh, to, to tzaddikim, and the same thing he says in terms of a, a kidney transplant, the similar things that if there's 
no worry that if you delay the operation, it could come to some kind of a danger, then one should wait to, uh, to, uh, to get it. How, how far did our, our place can go to worry about the effect that, uh, that having, uh, uh, uh impure things into, uh, uh, in, in sort of, uh, invested into one's body. So we can learn there's a, there's a, a, a question of the, of the, that was posed to the Hassam Sefer. That he was asked, there was a child, a seven year old child, and, and the child basically, have been classified as as uh, uh, mentally not not sound, and he really couldn't cope in a normal in a normal environment. And there was a, a suggestion that there was a certain institution in a quite a faraway place where they would take these type of children, and 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 they had certain methodologies and 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 certain systems to try to raise them to the highest possible level that they could achieve based on their on their uh, uh, abilities the the sort of the catch was that uh they the the one of the rules of the place was that in order to create a a a society where everyone was together, everyone was unified, everyone was learning together, they didn't allow any contact at all with the outside world. And therefore, there was absolutely no possibility of getting kosher food to this boy, because you know, everything had to be done as 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 a unit. And the Chassam Seifer answered that as far as the strict law is concerned, until the age of Bar Mitzvah, it would be permitted, but after bar mitzvah, they would have to take him out of, out of, uh, out of the Eastbrook. But, but he, he, he concluded, practically speaking, that although it is obviously non-Jews running the institution, and therefore at no point is a Jew instructing him to do anything that goes against halacha, and that's why, strictly speaking, it's permitted. However, the fact that he's going to be eating non-kosher food, Will leave such a, a a a blight on his spirituality that he says it'd be better for him to spend the rest of his life as he is now on the intellectual level that he is now and not fall into that trap of God forbid eating eating the non-kosher food. That's how far it, it goes. We just need to 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 round things off. We mentioned before that we were very very strict in terms of of uh feeding a a child that even in a situation where a a woman was allowed because of danger to her own life to eat something that is forbidden she should be strict on herself at that time not to be nursing her child and the the benishai actually says in in uh, in one of his one of his responses, that he was asked <clears throat> if a person drank something and there was, uh, unbeknownst to him, there was an ant or, or a fly or some, some creature in it, which he, he didn't do anything to bring it there and he cannot in any way be held responsible for the fact that it said we couldn't expect him to have checked for it and to have been aware that it was there. So, uh, uh, 
in that situation, um, there's, you, you cannot blame him at all, and you can't say he should have been more, more careful. Similarly, if there's someone who is a reliable shaykhet, and he's someone who's known as a God-fearing person, and either unbeknownst to him, maybe his, his knife wasn't as sharp as it should have been. It was an accident, and he wasn't aware of it, and therefore people ended up eating meat that wasn't, strictly speaking, uh, kosher. Or he even brings the situation of the the city shaykhet, who uh, you know, uh, was trusted by people, by the by the rabbonim in the town, and he uh, has a status as being a God-fearing person, but really, secretly, he was doing terrible, terrible things, and therefore, he was actually feeding Jewish people meat that wasn't that wasn't uh, uh, kosher. What is the law of those people who ate his meat you know, without knowing, thinking they were eating totally kosher kosher meat? And and uh, the Ben Ishchai answers that the concept that non-kosher meat uh, 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 causes a, a tumor, causes some kind of impurity in the, in, in the body, that is only in a situation where there's some degree of culpability. But in a situation where it's an absolute situation, where the person had no idea what he was doing and cannot be held responsible. He can't even say he possibly caused it. So if a person eats something like that, he's guaranteed that there's going to be no negative effect on him at uh, at all. And those uh, sort of spirits of Tumor are not given permission to infiltrate into a person, into a person at, at, at all. So therefore, in a situation where a person inadvertently ate something that wasn't kosher, it doesn't have any negative effect on him, uh, uh, at, at, at all. And, and, and therefore, in the situation of Moshe Rabbeinu, being as there were no Jews around, who, who knew that, that Batya would allow him to be fed by a Jewish nurse. Therefore, he would certainly have been permitted to drink from a non-Jewish woman. And the reason that he didn't was because he understood. He had such a great potential that he was going to speak to the Shekhinah. He didn't want to to put that into his body. And that is the reason why the Ramah says that a woman, even if she has a right to eat something non-kosher, should not give it to a child because every single Jewish child has the potential to become as great as Moshe Rabbeinu, to be the greatest person in this generation and therefore needs already from his youth to protect him from any kind of spiritual harm. This is 11.9 Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment with our halachic spot. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 1.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos, Kedish, Pasha, Shemais, Tavshin, Pebez. We are really moving today. We are about to get into our halachic spot. But before we do that, as we always do at this point on the show, to share with you the important times for this coming Shabbos. Obviously, I'm only dealing with the times in Chateng. Those of you who are in KwaZulu Natal or 
or the fair cape, or wherever you might be, obviously you'll consult your local authorities, your local luach, to find out what goes on there. But uh, for those of us still here <coughs> in Chateng, this Shabbos, so it goes as follows. The earliest time for benching uh, Licht this afternoon is at 5.37. 5.37 is the earliest time to get your candles up. But that's plenty of time. That's still a good two and a half hours, more than that from, from now. We can really get everything ready. We can get organized by then. But then, and, and the house pretty and all the food on the, on where it needs to be. And let's, let's get into Shabbos, especially if we're out of town and we're not going to be davening with a minion. And certainly there's every reason for us to really, really, as soon as possible, Bring in the Shabbos atmosphere into wherever we might be, into the chalet, into the townhouse, into wherever it is that we're staying, even into our tent, if that's what we're doing for this Shabbos, and, and really get into it and, and enjoy the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful serenity of, of a, of a, of a Shabbos. The latest time for lighting Shabbos candles this week is at 6.43. 6.43 is the latest time uh, obviously, in many communities, they accept the standard Johannesburg Shabbos time as being quarter past six, and and therefore, based on when your community actually accepts Shabbos, that will be the latest time for you to to uh, get your candles up and and get Shabbos under underway. But the latest time is is six forty three. Shkia then is at one minute. Past seven seven o one is uh, is is Shkia. So if you want to daven Mayrev and be able to say Krishma before sitting down to your meal, you would need to wait till about nineteen twenty minutes past seven daven then and say your Krishma, and then you're good to go for the rest of the night and really to just sit down and and enjoy a beautiful beautiful. Uh, a Shabbos in the time of the holidays, which anyway, we're a little bit more relaxed. Many of us haven't been working that much this week, or maybe not at all, or maybe we have a, at least a week to look forward to where we're going to be able to rest. And it just lends to this just spirit of kind of deflating a bit and just sort of soaking into a, a more comfortable, more leisurely type of attitude, which is so beautiful for, for, for Shabbos. Tomorrow, of course, is Shabbos Kodesh. Pashas Shemais, we're beginning the book of Shemais, which is the second book of the, of, of the, of the Torah. And the Haftorah is the normal Haftorah for that Shabbos, Haboyim Yashresh, uh, Yaakov. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a long Shabbos, obviously. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night only at 7. 36, 736 is the end of, of Shabbos, or almost as late as, as we get. Still another three minutes to, to, uh, to go. 736 is the end of, of, uh, of, of Shabbos. Um, yeah, and then we go into another beautiful, beautiful week. Uh, Shabbos Nevorachim will be next, next Shabbos as we prepare then for the Rosh Chodesh, uh, Shabbat, but now it's just a mellow, as we call it, uncomplicated kind of kind of Shabbos. We are dealing with the laws of of davening and and practices on 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 Shabbos. We spoke about the concept of the laning, the reading of the Torah, and last week you mentioned the reading of the Haftarah. 
And the truth is that we don't only read the Torah on Shabbos in the, in the morning. In addition to the reading of the weekly Pasha on Shabbos morning, uh, Ezra Seifer, Ezra who was one of the last prophets who brought the Jews back to Eretz Yisrael for the second uh, commonwealth. So he made a decree that we should read the Torah on Shabbos in the afternoon also. On Shabbos at Mincha, we should also read the, 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 the Torah. And we call up three people to the Torah. In the morning we called up seven, but for Mincha we call up just three. And we read the very beginning, the first Aliyah of the Pasha of the coming, of the coming Shabbat. And similarly also on a Monday and Thursday, we also read again that first Aliyah of the coming week's uh, uh, Pasha. Now, and this is of course a, a, a means of, of like a, a trailer. It's a, it's an introduction. It's a preparation for the Pasha of the coming, of the coming week. Our Chazal tell us that the reason why Ezra made such a decree was the the uh, the language of the Gemara in Babakam is Mishum Yoshve Karanas. Literally, for those who sit around on the corners, and there are different ways of of explaining it. Some explain it's because of those uh, uh, businessmen and 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 uh, and tradesmen. Who are, are busy in their in their shops that they generally don't manage to come to shul in the morning for shachras during the week, which of course they should. They should manage to to daven with a minion. It's so important, so important to daven as often as we can, and if possible, always to daven all three tefillot every single day with a with a minion. But some people, their jobs, whatever their schedules don't allow them to be in shul in the morning for chakras during the week. And therefore, they uh, wouldn't be able to have this concept of, of being prepared, of being introduced to the Pasha that's going to be read at read the following the following week because they're not going to be there on, on Monday, on Monday and Thursday. And in order that they should be able to hear the sort of the introductory reading of the next Pasha at least once, so Ezra instituted that they should read it also on Mincha of, of Shabbos. Because again, no one's working on on Shabbos afternoon and hopefully Everyone's coming back to shul, so then at least everyone will hear the davening at the at the the laning at Shabbos Amincha. There's another explanation given as to why why they lane, and that's because people were uh, the Chazal were afraid that we're going to sit down to an elaborate, beautiful meal on Shabbos after afternoon, and you know. Uh, yeah, we might have one shot of, 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 of schnapps, you know, between the fish and the meat, and then another one, and you know, soon it's gonna become like the, uh, like the vaccines, you know, you're gonna have to have four shots, maybe five shots, maybe seven shots, who knows, and, and, uh, they might end up quite, uh, inebriated, and therefore they're going to spend the rest of the afternoon kind of wallowing in their drunkenness, 
and and not use, as we've discussed before, then not use the Shabbos afternoon for what it really was meant, which is the the study of of Torah, and therefore Ezra in instituted that uh, we read the Torah by by Mincha in order that obviously people have a a, a deep sense of honor for the reading of the Torah. So they'll come back and, and they'll gather again in, in, in the shul and knowing that they have to come back, that hopefully will, will put a bit of a, 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 a control on them and they won't get, uh, totally inebriated that they'll be able to come back and first of all utilize Shabbos afternoon with some quality, uh, uh, Torah study and then come back to shul and hear, hear the, the Torah. And in fact, concerning this, uh, Melech, Said before, before Hakadosh Baruch he said, "Master of the universe, this dif- this nation is so different than any other nations of the world. All the nations of the world, when they have a huge meal, you know, and uh, a certain holidays coming up now where people get together, and of course, uh, uh, drinking is a very very important part of 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 the ceremonies. Arbakaisus, you know how it is." Um, when they have a big meal, so they drink and they get completely oiskishnigged, and and then uh, what happens afterwards is is not a very pretty, not a very pretty sight. But Klaisel is not like that. Even though we ate and we drank, we come back to shul to daven, as it says, "Vanisvilasi l'chol Hashem esrotzen." There's an esrotzen. It's the time to 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 come and daven. Right, and therefore, Hashem, I Hashem, answer with your salvation, and that's in fact why we actually say that pasuk in the mincha before we take out the the Torah on on Shabbos on Shabbos uh, afternoon. We'll be back in a moment with our last closing comments. This is one one point nine High FM, Soul to Soul. And we'll be back. And this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, back on your radio. Erev Shabbos, Kedish, Pasha, Shemois, Tavshin, Pei Beis. As we near the end of our time together, I hope you've uh, gotten something out of it. We were just talking before the break about the concept of why we read the Torah on Shabbos afternoon. We gave two reasons why why we do that, to give people who wouldn't be there during the week an opportunity to at least hear some Torah reading, an introduction to the Pasha, and to ensure that, although of course we might have a, a, a Chaim with our, with our lunch, to remain sober enough that we can at least utilize the afternoon as it was intended to be used and then come back to shul for, for Minchanmar. It's interesting that the, the Bach, uh, uh, brings down that Ezra instituted that we should read the Torah by, by Mincha, but he only made such an institution on Shabbat in the afternoon. On, on, uh, Chagim, on Yom Tov, in the afternoon, we don't have such a decree. We don't read the Torah on, on Shabbat afternoon. And that seems different, difficult, because on Yom Tov afternoon, we also have a, a huge feast and a, and a big Suda. Why weren't 
Chazal worried that a person might uh, get into his cups and and uh, forget to come to come daven. So he explains because Shabbos is is a special special esrochen. It's a special desirable time before Hakadosh Baruch because we know that in fact uh, the Torah was given to us on on uh, on Shabbos and therefore Chazal decided to add on this additional Kriya Satera, this additional reading of the Torah, to mark the fact that Shabbos is the day, in fact, on which we got the, the Torah. And, uh, and and therefore, that actually helps to make our, our Mincha more desirable and more accepted before HaKadosh Baruch, as, as it says, when I offer up my Tefillah to Hashem at Etzrotzah, at the special desirable time of Shabbos afternoon, that's very, 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 very special. Perhaps you could say even more that according to the first explanation that those who uh, are busy during the week will, will you know won't get to hear any laning during the week. So the the we said the purpose is to to prepare ourselves to to uh, meet for the first time at least the reading of the Pasha for next week. So on Yontif there's no need for for that. And uh, also because particularly if it's like the first day is a Yontif, so uh uh First of all, Cholmoids, people very likely are not going to be in work, so they will be available to hear Kriyat Torah. And even if it's the end of Yantav, often it's already the end of the week. So there's more chance people won't get so arangatoing, so involved in their work, and, and may still manage, manage, manage it. Um, and according to the second explanation, not getting, uh, you know, sort of bubbleless. So since there, uh, uh, you know, there are, Let's see, more than fifty shabbosos in in the year. So there's more of a worry that people will develop a uh, a, a habit on a Shabbos afternoon of getting of getting too too drunk and hang around with the wrong with the wrong crowd and developing very very bad habits of of drunkenness. And the decree of Ezra was coming to stop that practice in its tracks. But Yaman Tovim. You know, they're not that many in the, in, in, in the year, you know, uh, especially, uh, two of them, Rosh Hashanah, we're not worried about that. And also, what is it in Eretz Israel? It's two days of Sukkot, two days of Pesach, one day of Rosh Hashanah in, 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 in Chutzlaretz, maybe another three or four. So since the, the, the whole personality of these holy days is, is more fixed on our conduct on Shabbos, so we're not so worried about what happens on, on Yontif, and therefore Chazal didn't institute the reading of the Torah on, uh, on, uh, on Yontif. And the truth is that on Yontif there's also a bigger mitzvah to drink wine and, and to rejoice. And therefore Chazal didn't want to make this takana, which might countermand the, 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 the mitzvah of celebrating on Yontif. But obviously it's, it's clear that certainly one should not, one should not get drunk. That is going to be the end of our time for this, for this week. Just a moment to wish all of you a beautiful, beautiful good Shabbos. Have a warm, beautiful, enlightening and restful Shabbos. And please God, as Hashem, we'll see you all again next week. To each and every one of you, a good Shabbos.